I don't believe. We won't not necessarily be sitting, but we will be standing before the Lord. Amen. And you know, I'm looking forward to that day. I don't know about you. Now, I can't say I'm going to go to God with clean hands. I'm ready. Amen. <laughs> I am too, bro. But you know, I can't say I go to him with necessarily with clean hands. Because <clears throat> every day, I still do things I shouldn't do as a Christian. You know. And I'm not saying big sinful things. I'm just saying that some things need to be reorganized and straightened up in my life. And I'm sure the same holds for y'all as well. Amen. And uh, we just need to continue to put our faith and trust in the Lord and allow him to do what he needs to do to make us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, if you did get one of these uh, uh, February newsletters, there's a on the back of the page where it does the prayer request, right underneath it, it says, God is in control. And it was written by Christine Kane. It says, you know that feeling when you get your, you know that feeling you get when your heart starts racing. When you receive some news that you were not expecting to hear. <clears throat> or something else crazy and chaotic happens. One moment, you think you're controlling everything, but then suddenly it seems like everything decides to fall on top of you. Here's the good news that I want to share with you today. God is in control. And though you might not understand everything that's happening at any given point in your life, you can rest in his promise of peace. <clears throat> I love what Jesus says in John 14.1. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Today, don't freak out over something that you were never meant to take control of. Trust God. Refuse to let your heart be troubled. Receive his peace. Says today's reflection, in what area or situation of your life do you need to receive God's peace today? In other words, you may be going through it right now. There may be something you're dealing with and you wish you weren't having to. But you know, God is in control. In other words, he's going to take care of it for you if you'll just trust him to do so. And so I encourage us to take heed to what was written by Christine Kane. Also, I wanted to read my Pastor Love's letter to us before I move into the true or false questionnaire that I gave. It says, I have several questions for us that require us to be completely honest with ourselves. First question is, are you doing what you can to touch hearts in this community? Yes or no? This is not the quiz. <laughs> Secondly, do you have true passion for reaching the lost souls of Puerto? Once again, yes or no? Be honest. Third question, what are you personally doing in your life that is helping to unite Christians together in the whole body of Christ? Getting a more, bit more difficult to answer, aren't they? Next question, does your life teach others how to live Jesus? Final question, do you truly believe in miracles and divine healing? Some people and even some churches don't. 
shocking, isn't it? Tally it all up. How did you score? Truth be told, I did not make 100%. 100 on it. I passed, but there were definitely some areas in which I could improve. How about you? Now be honest. The questions I asked us today to do, okay, the questions I asked have to do with our church's vision. My prayer is that we all have the same vision, the one that God has given us, and that we're focused on allowing God by his spirit to fulfill his vision so that we can reach Puerto for Christ. In other words, it's important that we work on those things. If there's something that may be lacking in, one of the ones that I think I don't know that I'm actually doing 100% of what I could be doing to make this vision come to pass. So you're going to see a different changed pastor here in the days ahead. Not just in weight, but in also in my spiritual walk with the Lord. Because the time is growing short, folks, and we've got to be ready for Jesus. And so I would encourage us to really take stock of these questions that I just posed to us. Because I believe the vision we've been given by God is actually by God. In other words, I don't believe I wrote anything down that was my own opinion or desire. I think it was all straight from God in his heavenly throne room. So I would encourage us to relook at the vision that we have. If you need another copy of it, we can print one off for you, and I can even give it to you. It's also posted on the bulletin board in the hallway. So if you would... Just take a glance at it and look at it and try to remember what it says. And as I said, if you need a copy, I'll be happy to run one off for you. Or my wife or David will, one of the three. God, uh, now we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. The true or false questionnaire. Okay, the reason I said you can't do it ahead of time is because I want us to take a look at each one, one by one. And I want us to write our answer out as we go ahead and uh, look at it and do it together here. Now, question number one. Remember, these are all true or false. That's all it is, true or false. Question number one. There is more than one way to get to heaven, true or false. No, just write your answer down. God's word is mostly true, true or false. Yeah, at the end, I'll be asking people to give their answers. But. Number three, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, true or false. Number four, everyone will be saved, true or false. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. True or false? Number six. The word Golgotha means the place of the skull. True or false? Number seven. Hell is nothing more than a myth. True or false? 
Number eight, the word rapture is found in God's word, true or false. Number nine, it is possible that there were more than three wise men seeking Jesus within two years of his birth, true or false. And the last one, number 10, Bible says Adam and Eve ate of an apple in the Garden of Eden, true or false. Okay, praise the Lord. Let me ask the question. Did anybody make a hundred on this? Well, let's look at it answer by answer and we'll see if we did or not. Question number one. There's more than one way to get to heaven. True or false? False. False. Amen. Number two. God is God's word is mostly true. True or false? False. False. true. Amen. <laughs> Number three, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. True or false? True. Number four, everyone will be saved. True false. or false? False. false? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. True or false? True. The word six, the word Golgotha means the place of the skull. True or false? True. Amen. Number seven, hell is nothing more than a myth. True false. or false? False. false. Amen. Eight, the word rapture is found in God's word. True or false? False. Correct. Number nine, it is possible that there were more than three wise men seeking Jesus within two years of his birth. True or false? True. That's, it never says that there's only three. It just yeah. says there were three wise men, but it didn't say that's the only ones that were there. It, I think we get the idea that it is because of the fact that there was the three gifts given to the world. I think that's where we come up with that. But the Bible itself does not say there were only three wise men when they came looking for Jesus. And finally, number 10, the Bible says Adam and Eve ate of an apple in the Garden of Eden. False. Huh? False. Okay. All right. You know, y'all all seem to have made a hundred on it then, just like I did. But like I said, the reason that I did this questionnaire was at the God's leading. And the reason I believe he had me to do that is because of our subject matter for our message today. It's actually about... Uh, it's actually about... Truth. True or false is the name of the message this morning. And I'm going to take just a moment and read this, read a piece of scripture to us. So once I tell you where it's found, you can look it up. And then it's near the end of the Bible. It's 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John. It's chapter 4. And we're going to begin with verse number one. 
kid. Thank you. It's loaded. It's just ain't coming up. All right, praise the Lord. First John four verse one. To which stand is we honor God at the reading of His word? It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Father, we thank you, Lord, for showing us truth versus error. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us to realize that it's, if it doesn't proclaim Jesus or promote God in any way, it's not from you. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for helping us not to be a gullible hypocrite. That we won't believe everything that even a minister says. That we must search the scriptures ourselves and see if what they're saying is true. And we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask my wife, Pastor Laura, to come and take charge for just a minute. I need to go to the restroom. We'll continue as soon as I get back. Now, looking at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, reminds me of what we were talking about in Sunday school that there are people that are going to try to twist God's word. And if we do not study it for ourselves to know whether or not it's true, we could easily fall for whatever it is that they're trying to sell us. It kind of reminds me of uh, somebody saying, well, if you believe that, I've got some swamp land in whatever state and be glad to sell it to you. The devil is always trying to sell us a, a lot of uh, false information. And if we don't know what the Bible has to say, we are very likely to fall for it. And it doesn't matter how many friends we have that are of the same mindset and things that maybe our parents have told us, our friends have told us, pastors even from previous churches. If we don't study to find out for ourselves, we could easily fall for it. And I know we've got all of these wonderful um, Christmas carols about the uh, We Three Kings of Orient are. Well, there are at least three, perhaps, but uh, how many? As my husband was saying, there we don't know exactly how many. But we know that God provided for Mary and Joseph and Jesus for the travel plans through the gifts. Now, whether or not there were other gifts, I don't know. They must not have been very important if they weren't because the Bible didn't mention them. So the main thing is, is that uh, we have to do our share of testing the spirits. Not testing each other, but testing the spirits to find out, is this really lining up with the Word of God? And I will be the first to admit that uh, it is... One of those things that every person could be tempted to believe the lies of the devil. I know that Adam and Eve fell for it, and they were the very first people around. So if they could fall for it, how much more do we need to be on the guard 
to test and check it out, which means that we need to read the Word of God in order to know, is this true or is it not? And I know that there are people who are trying to discredit the Bible, to say, well, that's just men. Men wrote it. So, no, it could be wrong. But the Word tells us that the Bible is the true inspired Word of God. So it is essential that we read the Bible for ourselves. I know there was a time period when Bibles weren't printed and we had to depend on uh, the priest or the pastor or whoever to uh, preach the word to us. And I know that there are people that um, can't read, but thank the Lord there are opportunities to listen to it on tape or on podcast or uh, hearing things on the internet. So there are ways to find out and to read and to meditate. Again, it's one of those things that it's more than just reading it. We need to apply it to our life and we need to meditate on the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts. Thank you, Pastor Lord. <clears throat> I think the devil's trying to keep me from preaching this message, but he's not going to get me to say it. It's too important. Every time that God gives me something, it's always important. But in the time we live in, especially right now, I think this is more than appropriate. It says, let me read it again now. Beloved, do not believe every... Spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many prophets have gone out into the world. You know, it's important. That word spirit actually means a spirit. In other words, a spirit of some kind is always behind different things. And so, in other words, whether it's the Holy Spirit or demonic spirit, either way. There's some kind of spirit that's connected to what's going on. And so what we need to understand is this, folks. We cannot be a gullible people. You don't just take for granted that everything that comes out of a minister's mouth, even myself, that you can't always necessarily just put a, a stamp of approval on it and say, okay, it's done, that's the truth. Because let me tell you something, folks. I did that back before I became a somebody of God. And I, I decided that after I had been preached to for so many years as a, as a different denomination than assembly, that what I was being taught was 100% true. <clears throat> See, I didn't search it out for myself. I just took it for granted. That's a minister. He's called to preach the Word of God. He must know what he's talking about. So I just went ahead and believed everything they said. But then when I was at Bible college, the Lord dealt with me on two major issues that blew out, blew uh, my license with them out of the water. The other one, that is. And anyways, because one was about the once-saved-always-saved doctrine, and the other one was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd always been taught, even if you had only gotten saved, say, you're eight years old, 
blew up and just went out in the world and did what you wanted, you were still saved because you were saved back when you was eight years old. In other words, you I had it in my head that if I died in my sins, the only thing that would happen is I'd still make it to heaven, but I wouldn't uh, get as many rewards as somebody else who did live the life. So that was what I was fully convinced of. But then God changed that one night at around 3 o'clock in the morning. Told me to get up and I get my Bible and started turning into these different passages about it, about that issue. And all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb went on. And, said, and the Lord said, Now you can't preach once saved, always in the old kingdom. And I said, You're right, Lord, I can't. And so I asked how to get credentials with the assembly, and here I am, praise God. So what I'm saying is, <coughs> always search out the scripture now to see if what that minister is saying is right on target or not. If it, it has to line up with God's word. If it doesn't, then you need to stay away from it. You need to get it out of your head, out of your life, out of your heart, out of everything. And so the other issue was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I actually just went to get my mom and dad and sister off my back because they were always telling me about their church and they invited me to go and so finally just to get them to hush I decided okay I'll go interestingly enough the pastor that night was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit I sat there <clears throat> with my arms folded with a very disinterested look on my face she talked about it and explained it and all that good stuff. Because, see, once again, I had been taught for so many years in this other denomination that it wasn't for us today. In other words, it was only for them back then so they could know the Holy Spirit had actually come. So that was the only purpose in that whole thing that took place that day, according to them. Well, the Lord dealt with me that night because at the end of the service, like I said, the whole time, arms folded, disinterested look, and all of a sudden she says, okay, whoever wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on up and we'll pray for you. I sat there for about two or three minutes and I just kind of sat there and all of a sudden I felt a nudge in my spirit. Now, I knew it was the Lord, but anyways, he said, go up and get it. I said, but I don't believe in it. He said, yes, you do. Go up and get it. I said, but it's not for us today. Yes, it is. Go up and get it. So I went ahead and stopped arguing with God, got up out of my seat, went up, raised my hands, and had the pastor pray for me. And all of a sudden, within five minutes, I was praying in my heavenly prayer language. So you see, we can't necessarily believe everything that comes out of a minister's mouth. Even though they've been in the ministry, say, 40 years, they can still make mistakes. I've, I've been in the ministry almost 40 years, my wife and I. And you know what? I can still make mistakes. And if you can point one out to me that I say, I'll be willing to publicly apologize to everyone and tell them I was wrong. Because what I'm saying is you've got to prove to me by the word of God that what I said is not the truth. 
But anyway, that being the case, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, in other words. You gotta take it and you got to test it. In other words, that word test act in this case actually means to examine. You need to examine for yourself. Five scriptures dealing with whatever the pastor or the minister said. And then if God approves it, you'll feel a peace in your spirit about it. If not, you're going to feel that spirit of conflict. In other words, you're going to, there's going to be something inside you that says, no, that's not right. So then you can come and talk to me. You can come and talk to somebody else if need be. But I'm just encouraging you not to be willing to just take everything at face value. Let me give you a quick example, and then we'll be moving on. There's an Old Testament story that talks about a, a city named Gibeon. And this was when the Israelites had come out of the wilderness, and the, Moses had died, and God had made Joshua the leader. And so he's getting ready to take them into the promised land. Anyways, oh, I'm somewhere. Oh, yeah, Gibeon was one of those countries they were supposed to conquer. But see, they knew the power of God, and so they went ahead and came to Joshua and the elders and said, make a treaty with them. They said, how can we do that? We, we don't know whether you're living here nearby us or whatever. And they said, no, we're from a far country. And he never told them the name of the country. They said, we're from a far country, so what you need to do is make a treaty with them. So anyways, it says that they took the victuals and they saw their old garments and everything else and they decided to believe them on face value. They didn't seek the counsel of God, the word says. They did not seek the counsel of God. And because of that, they did make a treaty with this city and they spared all those people of Gibeon. So they never did inherit all that they were supposed to have inherited that God wanted to give them because of their disobedience. So what we need to understand is this, folks. Whenever you're given something from, and, and the person says to you, this is from God. Especially if they say, I, I have this from thus saith the Lord. Especially if they say that, then you need to be sure that you're going to search it out yourself before you just up and swallow it and take it and see if whether it is truth or, or not, truth or false, true or false. So what we need to do today, folks, is to realize that there are many false prophets out in the world already today. In other words, there's going to be people that's going to lie to you. There's going to be people that tell you untruths. There's these two ladies sometimes that I see in the mornings as I go to you and I Donuts to get me something to eat. <clears throat> and they're standing right next to the drive-thru if you're going to go down to get to the window of the door. Anyways, there's two ladies that are always, well, not always, but sometimes will be standing there. And I tell them, God bless you anyway. I tell them, have a God, well, I say, have a God blessed day. And because I don't want God to bless their work because, well, I'm not going to say who it is, but I can, I can tell you this. They come to your doors sometimes. 
kind of dressed up a little bit, knock on it, you open it, they start giving you a spiel. And uh, so anyways, you can pretty much tell right off the bat whether you're talking about the same Bible and the same God or not. And uh, what I'm just saying is, is that we've got to be careful as to who we allow. For instance, let me say this. I had a minister, a missionary from Spain. He called me up and he said, I want to know if you'd be willing to support us on a monthly basis and I want to have a service with you. So I said, okay, let me give you a call back. So uh, I went off, went ahead and went to talk with, uh, texted Don Wee. And I asked him if he knew who this couple was. And he said, oh, yeah, they're good people. They're good missionaries. Been on the mission field at least two, two terms. And so, anyways, I, so I went ahead and I contacted my presbyter as well, Tim Smith, and told him I had contacted Don Weed. And he said, yeah, go ahead and have them. So I called the guy back and told him we can book it for March the 3rd. So March the 3rd, we're going to have... Uh, his name is Arnie Cazares, I think. It's a weird last name spelling, so that's all I can tell you. But anyway, uh, we're going to have him come in March, March the 3rd, and minister to us. And I always have to be careful who I let uh, preach in this pulpit. You might come up to me and say, Pastor, you need to have this guy. He's not assembly, but he's a really good preacher. I mean, everything he says is right on the spot. If I don't know him personally and know that what you're telling me is the truth, then I'm not going to just suck and say, okay, let's put a call into him and have him come and preach. Because I don't know that individual. I don't know. And that person, we've been here since May of 22, and that individual could destroy within five minutes everything we've accomplished so far to this point. So we've got to be careful who we let to be in the pulpit to preach the Word of God. Now, we're going to be having the Knights back again for a small revival, a three-day revival in uh, April, I believe is what I told him. I'll have to double check with him just to make sure. It might have been March, but anyway, we're going to have him come and his wife. And you know how the Spirit moved when they were here before, whether Sunday morning or Sunday night. And so we're glad that God's working things out for us to be able to have them come and minister for two or at least three, possibly four days or more. Depends on the leading of the Spirit. I mean, we might have them. We might actually have a revival. That's what this is called, folks. We're going to have a revival. And so we need to be getting our hearts ready for it. Not going to be until either March or April, but we need to be getting our hearts ready for it. And uh, asking God to bless us. Uh, also, let's see. Now, number verse number two. Verses two and three. Yeah, 
go ahead and read it out of my Bible here. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. In other words, folks, it's just what I've already been explaining and saying to you as we've been going along, that everything that you hear must, I didn't say could or should, I said must line up with God's word. In other words, if you, if you don't find what that guy or that woman said in this word, kick it out. Have nothing to do with it. Because if, if the Spirit of God does not confirm to you what they just said is the truth, then it's false. And if it's false, stay away from it. it it's, it's like poison ivy is the, is the example God, I think, just gave me. You know, all you have to do is come in contact with it. And all of a sudden, you get this scratching sensation and all other things as well. And, and it takes a little while to get rid of it. Well, what I'm saying to you is this. If you never entertain it to start with, then you're going to be better off. Because then you won't go down the wrong path. You know... We've got to make sure, folks, that that's what this is actually saying when it says, you know, to be, uh, prophecy is always Christ-centered. In other words, it's always about bringing glory and honor and praise unto the Lord. And so if it doesn't do that, then it's not from God. So we need to understand that we are to be careful about the prophecies we hear. You know, I've heard of some ministers who are big about prophesying to people. And they start prophesying all these different things. My wife said one time, a woman came up to her and said, you're going to be the father of what? Many, mother of many nations. Hey, we got one child. <laughs> I don't think that qualifies. So, in other words, be careful of who you let prophesy over you. And whether you or not you receive that prophecy. Because you could go astray. We're going to find out what that word means here in just a minute. But I wanted to take num numbers 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, and explain to you it must line up with God's word for it to be from the Lord. If it doesn't, it's not. Stay away from it. Let's look at verses 4. Through the verse 6 it says you are of God little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world they are of the world therefore they speak as of the world and the world hears them we are of God he who knows God hears us he, he who is not of God does not hear us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In other words, we, we must understand
that God wants us to take to heart what we just got through reading here. We, we must listen to what the Word of God is saying to us this morning. Because God is greater than the devil. As has been and always will be. And what we need to understand is this, folks, that that the devil is at work in people's hearts and lives to deceive. He's going to try and get you to... Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? You know, he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil himself. And he says, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the Son of God. And then Jesus, of course, answered him with the Scripture. He says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then the second temptation was, if you're really the Son of God, then cast your, he takes in this high temple area, or pinnacle, or whatever it says, and he says, cast yourself off. Because the Scripture says, he didn't, he didn't just mess around, he was after Jesus. He said, the Scripture says that his angels will guard you and protect you lest you dash your foot against a stone or something to that effect. Anyways, Jesus answers him again and says, You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, you, you don't act silly whenever you know the hand of God's blessings and protection is upon you. You don't just do things just to see if that really is true. In other words, because... We need to realize that he he misquoted the scripture. Because if you look at both, both of those things up, the scripture that he's trying to quote and the one that it actually says in the word of God, there's a little different variation of it, which makes it actually a non-true statement. And so we need to be realizing today, folks, that God, Pastor Lord, I need your assistance again, please. We're getting ready to land this plane. So we are of God. And that's encouraging and blesses me to know that God has adopted us into his family. That we're just not left out in the wayside. That God wants us to be grafted in to the Jewish uh, God, so to speak. But that church is our church, not just prayer assembly, but the church at large is grafted into the family of God. And that we have the privilege of being called sons and daughters. We have the privilege of being able to discern if the Spirit is a God or if it's something that, uh, like we were saying earlier, just a bill of goods that uh, the devil is trying to get us to fall for. Because of the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit and when we get saved, when we get saved, we have a measure of the Holy Spirit in us. When we get baptized in the Spirit, it's even more so that we are able to discern what's true and what's not. God doesn't want us to fall for just any doctrine. He has also sent uh, 
Bible to talk to people in the churches. And I know that there's um, in the group of uh, the Galatians that God had them say, who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Because they were falling for false teachings. And unless we stay caught up with the Word of God, unless we read it for ourselves to know if it's true or not true, we are more likely to get deceived. I know there are a lot of good people out there in different denominations, and for the most part, the Word of God is being preached. I'm not trying to say, well, if you go to this church, you're going to get uh, preached false information. I know when I was in college, I uh, checked out different uh, churches because uh, at ORU, we were required to be out of the dorm room, and we had to be in church somewhere. And so I got to visit different denominations and find out that there are a lot of good church denominations that are preaching the Word of God. So I don't want to point a finger and say, well, you can't go that one. It just depends on the individual church and the individual minister who's preaching there as to what they're going to be hearing. So the main thing is, is for Christians, it's essential that we study the Word of God, that we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us if this is of God or if it is not of God. And believe me, God's going to speak to our hearts. We're going to get a confirmation that, yes, what is being preached is true. We have that peace and assurance from God that he will guide us into all truth. But if we try to come up with it on our own, it's easy to get deceived. Because there are a lot of people who are preaching things that sound good and sound wonderful. Lord knows, I like some of the things I've heard about if you give, then God's going to give you a car. Oh, I would love for that to happen. There are lots of things that they preach that sound so good and wonderful. But I'll be the first to tell you that God knows our needs. He knows what we need and when we need it. And if we don't need it, He's not going to give it to us. And I know that God can speak to our hearts and confirm it. It would be nice if God could give us everything we wanted. But you know, if I got everything I wanted, I might end up later thinking, why did God do this to me? God is not Santa Claus. God knows exactly what we need and what we don't need. And our critical thing that we need most is a relationship with God. Not necessarily because we're trying to impress somebody, but we're looking to add to the church. We need to go to church. We need to read the Word of God for ourselves so that we won't fall for all of the false doctrines that are coming out. And as we get closer to the end times, the false doctrines are coming out, getting cranked left and right. And it doesn't take much time on the Internet to find out all of the false doctrines that are getting uh, presented as the truth. So it may look good, 
it may sound good, it may be something that we all want to have happen. But if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, don't believe it. Pastor? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lord. <clears throat> you know, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, and the world hears them. Let me stop there for just a second. The Bible says in the end times that there's going to be people that won't hold the sound doctrine. In other words, they're not going to hold on to the word of God itself. They're going to believe different things. Because it's easier to bear, it's easier to receive. As my wife was just saying, Pastor Laura was just saying, it's easier to be willing to give in to the false doctrines that are going around these days because they don't seem to sound as restrictive. They don't seem to sound as, uh, as uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but anyways, we need to understand that God's word is really not restrictive, not for a Christian anyway. You know, if we truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God and, and that he died on the cross for our sins and we put our faith and trust in him, he makes it easy for us to follow the word. You know, we need to be, now we have to be disciplined to do it. In other words, you can't just live any old way you want to. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to know the word of God if you're going to live the word of God. People that we minister to in this community, they're going to have to see Jesus in us. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to desire what we have in order to be able to minister to them and ask them to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so, there's some uh, spiritual salvation facts that I'm going to order this coming week by, uh, I guess it's GPA? Okay. Anyway, they're going to send us some tracks and we're going to start going around town at different places at di on different dates, probably once a month. And we'll take our tracks with us and we'll make sure that everybody gets the, the same amount of tracks, that everyone gets one of each kind. And one of them out there is by Billy Graham, which says, uh, How to Become a Christian. I read through it and it's 100% accurate. You know Billy Graham, he's not going to preach anything in the Bible that Jesus not. So, anyway, I made sure though myself that he was basing his words on the scriptures, which he was. And so we need to understand that as the end times get further and further along, there's going to be more truth and error that goes out into this world. And so we need to realize that there is going to come a time when we've got to cut fish or cut bait. We've got to decide whether we're going to believe what we're hearing or, or measure it and examine it against the Word of God before we swallow it. And, uh, because the devil's got a lot of lures out there throwing them in every direction trying to get somebody to bite. Anyways, then it says, on that last verse, it says, By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because people who know God will know God in his word. In other words, they know whether it's true or false. 
they know whether what they're hearing is right on or whether they need to stay completely away from it. And because the, the pro false prophets that are going into the world, they have their own spiel that they give. And it sounds good. It looks good. You would think this has got to be right. But we got to hold it up to the mirror of God's word. And if it doesn't line up, get rid of it. Don't even pay attention to it. So like I said, we need to be focused on the things of God. And then in that last verse it says, By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know that word truth. I mean not the word error. I looked it up in my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And it says, uh, metaphorically, the word denotes a going astray, an error. In the New Testament, the straying is always in respect to morals and doctrine. Goes back to the teaching of the Word of God. You know, in the preaching of the Word. Like I said, just because somebody comes to you and says, well, I'm a missionary, I'm this, I'm that, and I know the Word of God, and I can preach the house down and all this other stuff, don't entertain it unless you know for a fact that they're good people. Because like I said, I don't want to invite anybody in this pulpit that I haven't thoroughly investigated first. Because I've got to know for a fact that what they're telling me is the truth. <clears throat> so in case you ever wonder when we have certain speakers, it's because I've already done my evaluation. I've already done my background check with them. I've already, now that don't mean that I see, saw if they had a criminal record or not, okay? Because I have one myself. But anyways, that's all in the past, praise the Lord. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to uh, make sure that they're going to be person that God would have to be here for that particular moment in time. And so I believe that whenever Arnie comes, I believe it's of the Lord's lead. I searched him out, found out the truth, and that's why I'm having him come. So like I said, if you ever question about anybody I ever have come and minister, come to me and we'll talk about it in my office. And we'll, we'll discuss it and we'll see whether or not I made an error in wanting that person to come and minister. But at this time, I'm going to go ahead and close the service out and we're going to do it with a personal invitation for you to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior if you don't already know him as such. This time, we're going to have a song called Just As I Am playing as we do this invitation. Because that's, that's the way God wants us to be. He wants us to come to him just as I am. Everything that's going on in my life right at this particular moment in time. He knows me better than I know me. And so I want you to do that as well. I want you to examine your own heart right now. And I want you to ask yourself that all-important question. Do I really know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior? 
Because if you don't, today is the day of salvation. That's what the Word of God says. Now is the time for salvation. In other words, don't put it off. My wife sometimes sings a song called, uh, I think it's called Tomorrow. And uh, because it talks about don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow may never come. In other words, you may miss your opportunity. You know, when I got saved back when I was about 15 years old, for real, I went ahead and I asked the, uh, well, the, I didn't ask, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to pay attention to this service. Because normally I was sitting back with the rest of the kids and we'd play games and stuff and we'd write notes to each other and that night he said, no, pay attention. And he preached on salvation. And at the end, the Holy Spirit told me and said, you need to get saved. And I said, but I'm already saved because I was saved when I was five. But the Lord said, no, that wasn't for real. You wanted, need to get saved for real. So I went ahead and I went to the pastor and took hands and we prayed. And he asked me some questions. And I gave him the answers. Not the ones I thought he might want to hear, but the real ones. And I guess they were the same. But anyways, that night I gave my heart to Jesus. And I, but then I strayed away. And maybe you've been straying away. Maybe you've been going off course. Maybe in your morals or doctrines. Or maybe in some other way. Whatever the case might be, today is your chance to accept Jesus again. Recommit yourself and your heart and life to Him. Because this is going to be the most important decision you'll ever make. Because one day we're all going to stand before God to be judged. And when we do, I want to hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I don't want to hear the other expression. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. So today, if you either have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you had like I did, but then strayed from God, then you can come back right now. You don't have to wait any longer. So just make your decision right now in your heart and say, Lord, I've heard this message today, and I believe everything I've heard. And Lord, I want to be sure that my name is in the land before I. I want to be sure that I have you as my Lord and my Savior. Until I either take my final breath, or until the rapture happens and I go to heaven with you. So Lord, we thank you, Father, for hearing our cries this morning. We thank you, dear God, that you're working on each and heart and life right now in the name of Jesus. And God, that you're having your way in each one of us. Thank you, Father. I'm going to ask the all-important question. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or have you strayed away and need to come back to him today? Would you lift your hand up and pray with me? Yes. Anyone else? Father, we love you so much. We ask, dear God, that you would just 
touch that individual's heart that raised their hand just now. God, we thank you, Lord, that they're giving themselves to you today and to salvation. They're going to begin to follow you in every area of their life. We thank you, Lord, that this person is not going to stray anymore or leave their path that you have set out for them to follow. But God, they're going to walk in righteousness. And we thank you for that. We thank you that they're going to be a holy person. Holy doesn't mean perfect. It means separated unto you and away from the world. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to this individual right now and for giving them your peace that surpasses all understanding to guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But that is that the matter has been settled in their own heart as to whether they're your child or not. We thank you, dear God, that you have heard their cry. And we ask, God, that you would bless them and minister to them guide and direct their steps, Lord. And Father, we're going to be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you all so much. We love you. God bless you. We're going to go ahead and dismiss in a word of prayer. I want to have Pastor Gore to dismiss us if she would. Remember to be back at 6 o'clock tonight at 545 for intercessory prayer here at the altar, so if you would come and be a part of that until 6 o'clock when we do life group. So if you would, be remembering that today. If you have any questions about whether we're going to get to go minister at Whispering Oaks, give me a call, and I'll be able to tell you, because I'm going to be calling them here in just a little bit and asking them if it's true that they have COVID. If they do, then we're not going to uh, go out there today. But anyways, we love y'all and we appreciate y'all so very much. I praise God that he sends to a church who has such a faithful core of people and who have such a love for the Lord and for me and my people. And we thank you for what you Pastor Lord. Amen. We love y'all. We appreciate you so much. God bless y'all. See you tonight.